Empire. The NFT boom, it has not gone bust. It's going to be a 100-year product, and it's a new way of, of, of consuming and owning this, this, um, this, this data, really, this, um, this video content and sharing, sharing with fans. So in terms of, of the ceiling at the moment, I still think we are we're very, very early on. That's Alexei Yovanov, co-founder of Sports Icon, where the expansion of the offerings, it's limitless. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. We're about to crown a couple of new champions in hockey and basketball. The biggest winner in all of sports since the start of the pandemic, though, arguably could be the emergence of the digital collectible marketplace. NBA Top Shot exploded in investment interest and ultimately demand. And now the diversification begins with a new exploding market. And it's tricky, especially when it comes to athletes interested in making new items to sell on a digital marketplace with rights and branding as core issues. Our guest this week is one of the co-founders of Sports Icon, a new sports-focused NFT company in that exploding market, Alexei Yovanov. Thanks for joining us, Alexei. Hi, Bram. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, your timing is right for NFTs. What got you interested in this marketplace? Chris and I have been um, have been looking at the, the NFT and the crypto world for, for many, many years now, starting back in 2017 with, with CryptoKitties. Um, uh, and in Roham, um, and we've both been, you know, very, very much interested in sports. Um, and then we had a little, a little something called a, a pandemic uh, yeah. sometime last year. <laughs> yeah. um, that, that we're that we're still uh, that we're still all, all fighting through at the moment, and that gave us um, a bit of time for for reflection. Um, and Chris and I have always been, uh, you know, we. we we signed up to um, places like um, Masterclass, for example, and we really enjoy that very high quality content. Um, but I think we thought it was just, it was very much just a, a one-way one traffic, you know, from your screen outwards. And we wanted to help make a connection between the fans back into, into the content as well. So that was a bit of the inspiration to, to Sports Icon. All right. So let's just talk broadly about the marketplace for a moment, which is absolutely exploded over the last year. NBA Top Shot has just zoomed upward in popularity and investment. And there are obviously a lot of athletes and teams and leagues that are looking very, very closely at this. So can you kind of talk about, first, the, I would assume you think there's still a major upward trajectory here and what the ceiling looks like for the NFT sports industry. Yeah, well, I think um, you know, NFTs are, are here to stay. Um, it's it's going to be a, a hundred year product, and it's a new way of 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 consuming and owning this this um, this this data really this um, this video content and sharing sharing with fans. So, in terms of of the ceiling at the moment, I still think we are we're very very early on. We had this huge huge wave back in I guess it was February March. Um, maybe we're having a little bit of a recalibration at the moment, but I think after this this little lull is over, um, you know, things will things will be picking up again. Uh, 
in the next few months. Um, and I, I think NFTs are here to it's a new it's a new way of consuming content and owning content. Largely, as you look at the marketplace, is this for collectors? Is this for enthusiasts? Is this for investors? Um, who, in the end, um, is the target audience that you think will have the staying power as we kind of get through this blip and, and downturn in the interest in it? I think it's a, I think it's a mixture of all of them, to be honest. Um, I mean, the, the the consumers that are that will be purchasing our products, they, they are they are sports fans. Um, but they're also um, NFT art collectors as well, um, you know. And it's um, the opportunity to own kind of rare, rare digital art editions. Um, and very, I'm stumbling a bit here. Sorry about that. Um, it's the opportunity to to, re- to own these kind of rare digital art editions, but but with inspirational, unlockable content as well. So, um, and I think our USP brand is that we're not. We're not just um, interested in in the art side as well, really. Um, I think our our USP really is that we want to get up close and personal with, with these athletes and actually film with them one on one as well to create this um, very kind of immersive, high quality content for for the fans, but also as well appeal to the you know the sports memorabilia collectors as well. I mean, I saw that you had. Your, uh, you tweeted something out not long ago, and it was um, I think it was the, the Babe Ruth card. Yeah. Um, and just the idea of someone having, you know, we're living in a digital world now, and this is the way that a lot of these kind of sports memorabilia items, you know, they are going to be digitized, and the idea of someone being able to own something which is as important as that Babe Ruth card in. 30, 40, 50 years time, 60 years time, but actually also for it to be a little bit deeper than just the card to be able to hear, imagine if we could, that card actually came with Babe Ruth sharing some knowledge or sharing some insights or some of his inspirations or et cetera. I think that that's a very powerful, powerful product. Yeah, it, the card that you're referencing recently um, became the highest grossing sale of a sports card in the history of the United States. It was a, a rookie card from 1914 featuring Babe Ruth in the minor leagues, and there's only one of what they believe are 10 in existence, and it was in great condition, and it's staying in a museum there. It is also a tangible item. Um, can you kind of take me through the idea of the modern fan, the modern collector who does look at this and knows that they're never going to hold this in their hand. And yet it has the type of value um, that we're all talking about and speaking about. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it's all about the, the rarity of the item, the authenticity of the item and um, the fact that it has been authenticated by the athlete. I mean, on, on our platform, they are curated by the athletes as well. You know, we have, um, we require a lot, you know, input from our athletes, a lot of input into our athletes to help create this kind of this end product. It's a collaborative process, um, but also intertwined with that are there, there, there are tangible items as well. For example, giveaways, or um, we have an auction going on at the moment, and the winner of that auction will actually get flights to Madrid uh, and tickets for uh, VIP tickets for a Real Madrid match. Huh. 
um, and and a meet and greet with Roberto Carlos um, during that event. So I think ultimately there will be, you know, a merge of the two worlds, really. That's interesting. So you guys are, are kind of packaging some of this with experiential moments as well that it that it, you're you're you might be buying something that's in the virtual world but it will be packaged with a real life experience that might be unique as well right yeah a hundred percent yeah we think that's um very very important in terms of you know providing that experience to sports fans as well it's, it's not just um it's not just a one-way thing it does also provide you do have the ownership of this extremely rare item which you know will never be replicated but also packaged with that this, this experience of the match or whatever it might be, the fight of the hockey game or the NBA game, whatever it might be as well. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about, and it sounds like what's important to you as you've navigated this and, and entered this with Sports Icon is scarcity will matter. Um, that you're going to fight an urge here to make 100 of these digital collectibles that the one of one is going to really matter here down the road? Um, scarcity will matter. I think the I think the one of one, the one of 10, the one of 100, they are obviously much more limited editions um, that will also intrinsically have, have a higher value. But what we also want to do is we, we don't want to lock out of this experience your kind of, um, your everyday sports fan who maybe isn't going to go and spend and join these auctions and and pay huge amounts of money. Um, so it has to be um, a product that's available to the mass market as well. Um, so in terms of additions, they will be capped. Um, if you can look at someone like NBA Top Shot, they do some additions that have 10,000, for example. And then what we can intertwine with that into ours are these experiences for a few holders of of, of the NFTs that might be priced a lot lower. The average sports fan in America has um, um, said that they would spend about 99 US dollars on a piece of digital memorabilia for their for one of their sports heroes or their favorite athletes. Um, so, you know, it's important to us that these guys and girls can access this material as well. Take me a little bit through um, rights. Um, obviously this has been an emerging marketplace. It's happened very fast. Top shot clearly already has a relationship with the NBA to use their material. Um, how are you thinking about navigating all of the different rights issues with all of these different leagues throughout the world? So because we are, so NBA top shot operate very much on this, uh, macro level, um, and they have the, the rights with the leagues. We operate very much on a micro level, up close and personal with the athletes. So in terms of rights, what does that mean for us? It means that we only really need the, you know, we need the rights from the athletes um, because we are creating our own content and creating our own IP. We don't have any problems or interference from, from the leagues in terms of rights. Um, it's just we we have we have the the, the buy-in from the athletes, and as we're creating our own IP and our own unique content, that's all we need. So that's that's interesting because like I'll I'll go back to the Rob Gronkowski drop that occurred not that long ago. Um, he did something original. There was no literal Patriots or Buccaneers branding on the stuff that he did. 
However, it was a recreation of moments that he had on the field. So do you see a friction point coming where they're looking at this and saying, okay, like I get you didn't use our trademarked logos, but everybody knows what this is. And how do you kind of navigate that as you move forward? Well, I think you need to, we need to differentiate it enough, um, to, to be honest. So we have, you know, our, the arti- artistic license um, to change things around. Um, they need to be different enough from, let's say, a, a famous moment. But also, we are filming one-on-one with these these guys and girls. So, um, you know, we will be creating our own unique content through filming with them as well. It's not just about the art. The art for us is probably... Um, maybe 25% of, of what we're doing as a whole. Um, the filming of it probably makes up another 25, 30% of it. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. So you've been, as you mentioned earlier, you and your partner, Chris have been in this world for a while. Um, can you kind of take me through just the progression of it? Um, what the early stages looked like and maybe a little bit of, why now? Why was the time now for this? Well, I, I think it kind of comes back partly to to what, what I mentioned earlier um, in terms of our our world and everyone's world was impacted by by the pandemic that we are that we have lived through and we are currently living through, um, and that allowed you know Chris and I to think about other in, incorporating our ideas that we that we may not have had time to do before. Um, into into something new and something exciting so that's the 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 initial concept was spurred on really by a conversation around masterclass um and that really high quality content and in delivering this this high quality 4k uh in-depth content to to our users um and to the people that use our platform um and then the, the iterations followed on from that really in terms of combining it with our interest in crypto that has gone back for so many years and NFT. Um, and it, and it, like I said, this is something that started last July, 2020, August, 2020. So it was, it was pre pre madness, but, but the NFT world was still, was definitely on the way up then already. Okay. I'll leave you with this. So there's a lot of competition now. There's a lot of people that are, that are seeing the opportunity, uh, leagues or, or startups like yourself or the athletes themselves as they try to find and navigate all of this. What do you think the differentiator is going to be for those who succeed at it? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think the differentiator really is going to be one of, um, quality content, to be honest. Um, we're not, we're not, um, holding back whatsoever in the, in our strive and our search for that quality content, um, keeping those levels high, those production levels high, as high as possible, but also in terms of what, what is, what, what is the future? What are the next iterations? What are the, what are the interesting things that we can do for the community? And um, what, what is the community looking for in this product as well? And um, so I think it's going to be one that is um, high quality, community driven, um, and, and, you know, iterative as well. Alexei Yovanov is one of the co-founders of Sports Icon. Thank you so much for joining us. 
on the next Future Sport Podcast. Speaking of having a vision, an indoor mountain is coming to greater Washington, D.C. soon. The cool thing is it's real snow. It's the same snow lifts that you'll see at outdoor resorts. Uh, so it, it is truly a mountain experience indoors. It is meant to transition people to outdoor activities if that's what they want to do. So it's not made to replace the outdoor skiing boarding experience. It's more to complement it. That's John Emery, CEO of Alpine X, a group who is focused on turning winter sports into an all-year sport, while at the same time, lowering the barrier for entry. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.